0: Well, good morning, coaches, from all over the country and the world and beyond. Uh, I see some of you were trying to guess the topic that I threw there in the chat box. You missed it. Uh, if anyone caught that last uh, song of the pre-call playlist, because if you've been here before, you know I like to uh, connect the songs to what we're talking about. Uh, today's topic, all about being in over your head. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, I see Jody asking, where's Lisa? Uh, Lisa has not left us forever, we hope. Uh, she's in Alaska <laughs> on vacation but every time she goes to Alaska on vacation it's we all get a little bit and nervous longer, they, they and get longer, longer and longer trips and we're just all waiting for the day that we get a phone call from Lisa <laughs> saying I'm not coming back I live in Alaska now uh, so hopefully that's, that's not anytime soon but yes Lisa is out on vacation and will be rejoining us for next time we do have a special guest joining us for Real Talk this morning uh, the beard of knowledge Jesse Ernst uh, if any of you have not yet met Jesse Jesse is Uh, a ramsey preferred coach been around the program for a few years and for those of you that don't know one of the really cool things that happens uh, here at ramsey every year is we have what's called an influencer event Uh, it's where we bring in influencers in a lot of different spaces from all over the country to help uh build their platforms to help them learn how to better get into public speaking and get their ideas and messages out there and uh, each year for the last few years there have been some ramsey preferred coaches that have made their way there And uh, this year, Jesse is one of those who's been invited to participate, and since he's here, uh, we saw him yesterday afternoon and said, hey, Jesse, you're going to be here tomorrow at what time? You want to come a little early and join us for Real Talk? And so he's here. Uh, So we got special guest Jesse Ernst, Ramsey preferred coach, with us today. Uh, So excited uh to have you here uh so for those of you for whom this is your first time on real talk please let us know in the chat box but this is a great opportunity for us to learn to grow to develop together uh these are live panel discussions on a number of topics uh and so a couple things that are really really helpful for you to be aware of is you all have access to that chat box and so a lot of you have your chat box set to hosts and panelists That's great, except the only people who can see that, me, Les, Justin, and Jesse. So if you want to make sure that your messages are going to everyone, go to your chat box. You should see a little drop-down menu. Uh, Click that and make sure it says everyone, and that way, what you write in there will, in fact, go to everyone. That's why they call it that. Uh, So it's a great way to share, to connect, to get connected to other coaches here uh, along the way. Uh, And again, we've got some people that have been here for many, many times, many, many years. We've got some people who are brand new. Uh, We've got about 300 live right now. And also, we do record these, and we will be. Uh, sharing the recordings of these. You can find those on your FCMT login on the left side of your screen where it says Real Talk. Click there and you'll find access to previous Real Talks. Usually it takes us two or three business days to get the most recent Real Talk up. So you might not see this one until Friday or Monday, but this one will be there soon. If you're watching it live, you don't have to worry about that because you're here live. And if you're watching a recording, then you already know it's available. Uh, so we're excited to have a great conversation today, y'all. Uh, again, so many 1st uh, timer, so many people jumping on Real Talk for the very first time, uh, and that is so cool to see as this continues to grow and be a way to help and encourage and challenge one another. Uh, but like I said, the topic for today that we're going to be discussing, oh, by the way, one other thing, if you have particular questions about the topic of the day, feel free to drop those in the Q&A box, not guaranteeing we'll get to all of them. In fact, usually guarantee we won't, uh, but this is a great spot for questions on today's topic. If you have questions off topic, of course, you can reach out uh, through our team email coach chat at RamseySolutions.com uh, as you have questions along the way there.
1: Tim, let's try it one more time on the settings because there's still a bunch of coming still to okay. Us. All right, everyone, let's pause it here one here for more a time, for, especially for the first right. timers.
0: This is going to be like when you're in church and the pastor says, "Everyone, take out your phone. Show me who has the coolest phone. <laughs> or shut them all off." All right, so, everyone, go to your chat box, and at the bottom of your chat box, you should see a button. It'll say two and have a little colon there and then have a little drop down menu. If it doesn't say everyone, there change you go. It, Julia. So it says to everyone. <laughs> uh, if it doesn't say to everyone, you're doing it wrong. Uh, now, if you have a message that is specific for the panel, you can send it to just the host and panel, and that's the four of us you see on your screens. Uh, but otherwise, uh, make sure you are sending those things to everyone uh, so that we can see them. And again, our team email here coach.chat at for questions that are not on topic for today's call. So today's call is all about being in over your head. Uh, th- this is a really, really important one for us to think about, uh, because a lot of us have felt this, a lot of us have experienced these kind of things, where we felt like we are in a situation that is far too deep, that is far too complicated, uh, that it really begins to make us unsure. And so Jesse, because you're our special guest, I'm going to pick on you first. Uh, we would love to hear what are some of those things and. Because let me ask you this first. How long have you been coaching now, Jesse?
2: Um, so I finished FCMT in spring of 2020 and then launched okay. my business in August 1st. Awesome. So coming up on three years as an RPC. Awesome.
0: So in three years as a Ramsey Preferred Coach, how many times have you felt you were in over your head or in a situation that you weren't really sure how to handle as a coach?
2: Oh, I never get stuck, Tim. <laughs> All right. Now,
0: lies aside, tell what's what's really going on?
2: Uh, I mean, I've lost count for sure. And the, the great thing about our this, this RPC community and, and the coaching community at large is that you're never alone. And so there's been many times where I've felt stuck and I've reached out to somebody. And if they don't know the answer, they say, I would reach out to this person. And sometimes it creates a chain of, of people to reach out to, but it's not like any of us have arrived. Right. Um, even, even less, as long as he's been around, he probably wouldn't say that he's arrived yet. <laughs> so, I mean, I couldn't count the, the number of times that I've that I've gotten stuck and, uh, and just needed to reach out for help.
0: So, if you wouldn't mind, give us an example. What is the kind of situation that, even with several years of experience under your belt, still causes you to feel stuck or over your head in
2: the situation? <clears throat> I think some of those are like the nuanced things that you don't experience every day, um, those, such as in the recent months, I've, I've been work, walking with a couple who has their home in deferment, their mortgage in deferment. There was a job loss. They both had major medical things happen at the same time. And so it's a matter of trying to avoid foreclosure, avoid a short sale, avoid, 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 keep the house or sell the house and have a house and not become homeless. So those are, those are, I mean, but that's happened one time that has been that drastic on a, we've got to save our house scale. I think sometimes when we're, I hate to use the term baby coaches, but but when you're brand new into it, you think, oh, that's going to be the norm and I have to have all the answers. And I tell my clients up front, I tell, I tell contacts and leads up front in a consultation, I don't have all the answers. I have a heck of a lot of answers and I've got a great team of of a network of coaches that I know that I can lean into when I don't have the answers or when I'm not sure. I'm not just going to make up an answer for you. Um, But that that would be one of the most recent, recent things. And I reached out to another coach and just kind of said, Hey, what would you do in this situation? And they, they confirmed what I had said, which was nice to hear. But even the, even though, there was that confirmation in the moment I felt like maybe I'm getting stuck or maybe I am getting over my head. Um, and so I go back through research and reread some of my FCMT notes from foreclosures and deferments and, and things mm-hmm. like that, that I don't have memorized, but I took all my notes and I typed them up and put them in a three ring binder and I keep them right next to my desk. So I, I just, Nerd. It <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. So, um, yeah, that would probably be one of the most recent ones. Yeah.
0: So I, I love that. And thanks for sharing. So I, I want to go to the other end of the spectrum of experience here. Right. So Jesse started in the Year of Our Lord 2020. And Les has been coaching for 2020 years. Uh so <laughs> by the way, fun fact for all of you that this is your first time on this call, Les and I, this is how we show love to one another. Uh it's is insults. It's love language. It's our love language between us. Uh but Les, you, you says the one throwing the insults. right jo- Joking aside. <laughs> Y'all, for a lot of you don't know, Les has actually been doing coaching for more than 30 years, right? Les was coaching when the rest of the panel on this call was still learning fifth grade math because we were still in fact in fifth grade.
2: 30
1: years ago, I wasn't in fifth grade even.
0: Right, okay, so, that's enough,
1: that's enough. No elaboration needed.
0: But, but that said, Les, you've been doing this for a while. You've, you've seen a lot of things. Uh, Les, you've been around since Dave Ramsey was doing Financial Peace University live. In fact, for those of you that don't, mm-hmm. Les has taught Financial Peace University live before Dave said, maybe this VHS thing could work. And they put them <laughs> on video. Uh, and so I want to find out, Les, even after all these years, even after the countless number of sessions, the ridiculous amount of time that you've been working with Dave, the number of things you've seen in Financial Peace University, how often do you still find yourself in a situation where you start to feel a little over your head in a situation with the client?
1: Well, first of all, I think he just called me old a whole bunch of times. But anyway, um, also with lots of honor and respect. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you know, there, there are so many times where somebody, you know, I work with a lot of widows lately. Um, because we're so busy coaching the coaches you know we get people from the show and and they want to get help and and so I reach out to so many of these widows and these widows they're always a tough situation you know they're not only tough practically but they're tough emotionally and I don't care how long I've been doing this if I didn't been doing this for a hundred years it's difficult and there's times where I sit back and go Ooh, I don't know if I can help her. Um, and the reality is, it turns out that you can, but those feelings certainly always come in. It's like, this is a lot. And um, so I, I remember this woman, uh, it wasn't too long ago. I mean, she had lost her income. She was on disability. She had a child that needed special needs. Uh, she had another one that was having difficult behaviors. Uh, she had a husband that she had to have restraints against. She had, she had, she had, she had, she had a lot of life happening to her. And as a coach, I couldn't make any of that go away. So that's overwhelming. Because part of me, we know we don't have magic wands. We know we don't come in to save the day. We don't have Superman capes on, but boy, we sometimes we just want to. Sometimes we just want to relieve some of that stress and some of that what's happening, right? And we can't. Those are all external situations coming to her. And all I can do is try to help her, help herself through all that. And, but boy, we tend to, I don't care how long you've been coaching, you tend to want to come in and save the day in those situations, as tough as they are. And you can't. And so, yeah, it's always, it, it can always feel overwhelming in those situations. Justin, how about for you?
3: Yeah, two things came to my mind. First is, <clears throat> I find that I tend to get, I feel like I'm in over my head when I don't do the proper prep time ahead of time to get into the right headspace for doing a coaching session. Um, when I'm too back-to-back booked, ready to go straight from thing to thing to thing, and I don't take that time to just slow down and get into the right headspace, I can go in unprepared. And especially when you go in and your client throws that right hook right away, that tough situation less like you were just talking about, if I wasn't ready for that because I didn't slow down enough to be prepared for the coaching session. Uh, I can find I'm on the back foot early in that session and I'm trying to catch up and get back into that headspace. Uh, so I think having the proper time set aside so you can be ready to show up for that session really does help me avoid uh, that situation of being overwhelmed. And I'm going to echo my second thing is is going back to what Jesse was talking about. There's going to be times where, you know, I I have areas of expertise and specialty as a coach. Um, specifically around things like investments in real estate, just from my background, from my world. If I get questions or I get things in that area or budgeting, I can knock those out day after day, right? Mm -hmm. If that's what my client needs help with. But sometimes uh, there'll be situations that I don't feel as knowledgeable or as confident in as a coach. And when it's those situations that my client is struggling through, I can feel overwhelmed quickly especially if it gets down into the weeds so just knowing and recognizing where are my strong points as a client or as a coach and then what are some areas I need to brush up on before that coaching session again it comes back to preparation for me if I can be prepared for it knowing what's going to come I have fewer instances of being overwhelmed
0: so I think that's a really important thing to add in there Justin is the idea that and again, this this is crucial, knowing where your feelings of overwhelm come from. And so a lot of you are sharing with us here in the chat box uh, things of, I'm overwhelmed with the idea of how to get clients. I'm overwhelmed with the idea of things in my area. I'm overwhelmed with when somebody uh, has a challenge with being able to afford coaching. Like we're getting overwhelmed with these things and the things that overwhelm you now will not be the things that overwhelm you always. in fact, it's the things that overwhelm you now that become the things that you have experience with later on because you do it, right? It's that weirdness where experience is the one spot in life where you get the test first and the information second, right? So you get tested on these things and then you find out what to do afterwards. Uh, Experience is the one thing you never have until just after you've needed it. Uh, And and so part of that is, is understanding and also realizing that your level of overwhelm or not is gonna come from a lot of the things that you've already experienced. So Justin hit on this already. Justin came to this team with an experience in investing. He was a financial advisor and had done investing for a while beforehand. you know, I have not done that. Uh, that is not my strong suit. I came into this from the world of mental health and counseling and, and yes, it's been interesting over even my years at Ramsey, I've had several conversations with coaches who had clients who were threatening to take their own lives and I spent time walking coaches through those situations and what does a coach do in a situation like that? That for me is not an, an overwhelming situation because it's my background. Even so, it can be very important to understand that even something in your background may create an overwhelming for you in a different way. Right? Many of you that have been around for a while know a little bit uh, of my history and my story uh, and that my wife and I lost a child back in October of 2021. And, and not long after I had returned to work after some leave, Uh, There was a coach that reached out and said, hey, I'm working through a situation like this with a client. Can I get some time with Tim? And my first answer was no. And by the way, I didn't change that answer. Uh, I I connected them with less and said, hey, I would love for you to step in and help kind of coach this person through it. For me, I was, despite my professional background and despite my professional history, I was not in a mental space to say, yes, this is a situation I can talk about right now. Like for me, that was going to put me in over my head. And so sometimes getting in over the head means, okay, it's time to take a step back. It's time to take a step out. So so jumping back to Jesse here, how do you figure out what are going to be your things that cause you to feel in over your head? How do you find those limits for yourself?
2: I think sometimes they just pop up in the moment. You know, you can't really prepare and be like, oh, these things are going to make me feel over my head. And sometimes it's it's things that are just, just feel unimaginable. Um, I can think, think back a couple of different clients. One of them uh, called me one day and he's like, I'm driving, I left work, I can't work today. I, gotta, I got a notice from the IRS, I owe them $10,000. And I didn't know who to call, who to pray with. And I was like, well, you need to pull over, <laughs> go to a park somewhere that's peaceful, let's talk. And we talked for 45 minutes and it had nothing to do with finances. It was getting him into a better headspace. We knew that there was going to be some kind of tax implications, but <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't what we were expecting. Um, <clears throat> and I even think back to my very first client, very first client, welcome to coaching. We have $507,000 in debt, not including our mortgage. Just a little bit then. Can you help? <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking, I don't know if I can help yet. I've not done any of this. And that was my my very first client, but I wasn't so connected to that situation. If you can, if you can stay objective to the situation and somewhat removed and in a clear headspace, then you can definitely help through that, whether you have experience or not. And if you can keep the, uh, I believe that if you can keep the situation calm enough, even if you say, you know what, I need to consult with, with some of my colleagues on this, but if you can calm down that situation, reassure that person that the sky is not falling, nothing, nothing is going to happen in the next 20 minutes. (laughs) So let's take, take some deep breaths and let me make some phone calls and I'll call you right back. So sometimes those just pop up and there's no, there's, I won't say there's no preparation for it, but you don't know exactly what to prepare for until that situation pops up and you may never see that situation again. Right. Um, So just in those moments and just, just one of the things that Justin said uh, just a minute ago was. I feel over my head a lot of times when I don't do prep, when I haven't prepared. Part of my morning routine is to get up, I go to the gym, I spend some time reading and praying and meditating. And when I do not do those things, my coaching sessions, my consultation, don't feel as smooth. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
2: And it's just some of some it's that routine. Some of it's being in the right mindset in the right spirit and, and really leaning into my faith as well knowing that i don't have all the answers but i love people i care about them and i want to have a positive impact and if i keep that as a forefront and i keep the spotlight on the client and the spotlight on them rather than the spotlight on me oh i can help and you know the superman uh, on the chest or anything like that then even the things that feel overwhelming in that moment it's it, it allows me to take a step back and say hang on this doesn't have to be resolved in the next 30 seconds. The client feels like I got to have an answer right here, right now, in this moment, or you didn't do your job, you didn't. And so we have to deescalate that sometimes and say, hey, what's the actual timeline? Like for the taxes, what's the actual timeline when that when those taxes are, are ready? How much do we need to do? What do we need to do? Let's take it down step-by-step. Step. Let's baby step the process, right? Let's take small steps that create... Um, another coach said this, I can't remember which who said it, but he said, we make micro adjustments for macro results.
0: Well, hmm. that micro adjustments for macro results. It, it It's along the lines of that famous quote, people overestimate what they can do in an hour, but underestimate what they can do in 10 years. Right? It, yeah. it's the, When you do the small things over a long period of time, uh, it, it changes things quite a bit. Now on this topic, uh, and we're going to circle back, but I, I wanted to address this really quick. There was really Good question that I saw in the chat box. I I think we don't want to miss out. Uh, So thanks for this question, Laura. Uh, Asked, would you cancel a very close friend or family member in crisis? Panel, what do you think?
2: Would you cancel? I don't understand the question. What do you mean cancel?
0: So if if you've got a session coming up with a family member in crisis, and it's going to put you in over your head, Right. So some of it, we talk about the idea of possibly referring them to someone else saying, I, I'm not the one to take this. I need to back out. What do we do? Right. If, especially if it's someone you care about, someone you've got a deep relationship with, they're in a crisis and we're going to assume this is a legitimate crisis. Right. There's plenty of people that come to us in crisis. That is not a crisis. Uh, plenty of things are urgent but they're also not a crisis. They may be urgent, but not important. They may be important, but not urgent. There's all these different things. But what happens when you've got somebody you actually have a relationship with who has reached out to you for help? They're in a crisis and you're like, I
3: don't know if I can help them. What do you do in a situation like that? My initial reaction is to go with what Jesse was just talking about. I don't have to sign up for a long-term coaching relationship with this person. But what I can do is I can step in in that moment like Jesse was talking about and say, is there some hope I can provide? Can Mm -hmm. I help de-escalate the fear and help get them into a better uh, emotional and headspace and then get them connected to another resource? Because I I don't know that I want to take on a long-term coaching relationship with a close family member, helping them coach through a crisis. But I know lots of great coaches, (laughs) all of you guys, right? Uh, and I mean all of you on the call, not just the four uh, boxes that are here on the panel. Um, and so I can step in and provide some some hope and de-escalate some of the fear and the emotion in the room, and help help calm it down, and then move to getting them connected to someone who can help them more long-term. I think sometimes we get, sorry, I hit my microphone. Sometimes we get tunnel vision stuck on the coaching process as I have to do a consultation with someone, get them in a coaching session, and then I can't coach them again until the next coaching session, right? And we can get rigid on our process, but sometimes it's just, hey, I wanna connect with this person because they're a human and they're hurting. Let me help them in the hurt first, and then we can move on to something else.
1: I'm gonna be the minority here. (laughs) Um, I'm gonna swim upstream. Uh, I've had incredible success with family members. Um, And my younger sister was in crisis at the time. And I just listened to her. Now, I also have the relationship that I know that we won't change our relationship if I do coach her. We've already had those discussions, so I've kind of set the table. I get when people say, don't coach family, don't coach close friends. Same thing with close friends, people at church. People. It's like, if I coach you, will this change our relationship? Will this change the way you look at me? And if it will, then absolutely, I'm going to get them to somebody else. If they feel like we can do it, they, there are exceptions to the rules. Um, and to me, I've had success in the past. Now, there are some family members I know I would not want to coach <laughs> because of the dynamics of our relationship. And I know it would not work. But you kind of have to know what you're getting into to, when it comes to family. You have to understand what is the relationship and what could change in that relationship. And if you believe you could coach and, and, and have success and do it and not change the relationship, Boy, I, I, I tell you what, you know, when I came alongside my sister, I mean, she had a lot of decisions to make and she was just in a panic. And the reality is, I, I I believe that I was able to get her to work through it with just my questions, just getting her to think out of the box. And she wasn't thinking because she was panicking. And she trusted me because I was her big brother and she looked up to me. And so I was able to help her in that role as big brother without lording over her like a big brother. But I was just giving her thoughts, giving her ideas that she maybe hadn't gone down and she was able to work it out and make good decisions for herself. And so I think it really does come down to, well, it comes down to you as the coach. Do You, you know, you may just say no, and that's probably a good decision for you if that's the way you feel, but I wouldn't necessarily say it can't be done. I think it probably is the exception rather than the rule though.
0: I think one of the things that stands out for me is I'm going to go kind of middle of the road here, right? So I'm not going to totally swim upstream with less. And I'm also not going to totally jump in with the other side of things here. I think when I've got a family or friend that's in an emergency, will I help them to the best of my ability? Yes. But that starts with taking off my coaching hat, right? I'm going to be their friend, family member, whatever that relationship happens to be first. If I happen to have some useful knowledge or there's questions that pop up to my mind that can help along the way. So, for example, a couple of years ago, I had a grandfather pass away and he was terrible with money. Uh, he is part of the reason that I have become a coach, because I don't want to see other families go through what he put multiple branches of my family through. And being able to kind of step in and help parts of my family walk through some of those things was really, really important and I didn't do it as a coach. I did it because I'm part of the family, and this is what we do with family, right? But it's, it's, I take the coaching hat off. If I'm wearing a logo shirt, sorry, Jesse, like logo shirt off, it's just whatever my normal T-shirt is on that day, right? It, it, is, it is not time for me to step in in my professional role. I'm gonna kind of get down, sit next to that person in that dirt in a, in a different way and understand that our relationship is gonna look different uh, in that moment. And that, that's just a part of it. Um, but those, those boundaries are so important to understanding. As a general rule, I'm not a fan of coaching family and friends. I've done it, hated it, didn't have great experiences with it, not interested in doing it again. But a family member in crisis, a friend in crisis, I, I want to kind of set aside that role and be what I can be to those people.
1: So, yeah, yeah, there are boundaries for sure, Tim. And somebody asked, mm-hmm. how do you set those boundaries? Well, I have to know who I'm dealing with. Mm-hmm. You know, I would not coach my big brother. (laughs) I'm his kid brother. And he looks at me a different way than my sister does, my younger sister. Um, I'm not going to also volunteer information to a family member. They've got to ask me. And then to your point, I'm glad you said that, Tim. I was her big brother in that conversation. Now, I used my coaching skills, but I didn't come in as a coach helping this woman. No, I came as a big brother, just listening, caring, and trying to help her through something. So I used my coaching skills, but I didn't coach her as a coach. I, I'm glad you said that. Yeah.
2: And I would I would agree with that because I wouldn't take a family member on as a paying client because I feel that that transaction impacts the relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although family does ask questions, and to use a phrase I heard Jade say on the show the other day, some of some of those are ask ask holes, where they ask a question and they have zero zero intention of following through. Say that
1: three times really fast. Okay. Nope.
2: <laughs> this is a family friendly webinar, Les. That's why I spelled it out. <laughs> but. People, people will do that and they'll ask those questions. Now, I had a sister-in-law who got out of college. She had like $26,000 in debt, didn't know how to do a budget. We sat down and we did a budget together. I'm not charging family. I coached her through that and I helped her through that. And When she got married, I said, would it be offensive to your new husband if I bought you guys FPU, Ramsey Plus? No, we would love that. And so they went through it and, and I've helped them out in that way. And they've asked about coaching. And I said, I will refer you to other coaches because he would feel uncomfortable with that. And so the transactional side of that is where I've, I've drawn the line where I will answer and I will use, like Les said, use those coaching skills. I have two older brothers and one younger brother. The younger brother asked me a lot of questions and, and he has a lot of respect for me. And so I have that big brother. I'm 12 years older than him. <clears throat> I have that, um, that, re- that reputation and that respect. And my uh, older brothers respect me as well, but they've also seen me do more stupid stuff
1: <laughs> than my younger brother did. Hard to overcome that, isn't it?
2: <laughs> oh, so that kind of that makes an adjustment. My mom has a sister who desperately needs coaching. And I said, I know the perfect coaches to refer her to, to interview. And I, my name is not one of them <laughs> because that would definitely shift that relationship. Um, and I think it would be the, to me, the largest difficulty, um, less before you clarified using your coaching skills would be, well, you coach so-and-so in the family. Why won't you coach me? Right. And then there's that comparison because everybody knows everybody's business and family, mm-hmm. right? Well, they actually listen, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. so it's a can of worms that I've chosen not to open. And my wife has specifically requested that, there's a handful of people that are really close friends that are close enough to be family. She said, if they reach out, would you please not coach them? Because I don't want it to change our relationship. If they pull a credit card out at a restaurant, I don't want them thinking "Ah, coach Jesse's over there judging me. And they still make jokes about it when they pull their credit card out. And I'm like, you make your decisions and I make my decisions. If you ask my opinion, I'll give it. And since you haven't, I won't. (laughs)
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <clears throat> but it's de- definitely creating a delineation, and for me, it's it's the going from using coaching skills, answering questions. Hey, here's experience that I've had, or here's a client story that that of someone who has similar numbers, similar debt, similar income. Um, but I'm not going to do the get to that transaction phase personally. That's that's where my boundary is. Because somebody asked, "How do you create that boundary?" That's where that line is drawn in the sand for me. Mm-hmm. That's, again, that's a good it's point, how you actually. get yourself
0: in over your head, right? It, it's, yeah. You create a relational boundary issue. You create all these emotional boundary issues. And all of a sudden you create <clears> a situation. That, also just going to bring us back to the topic of the day where you're, you're in over your head. You're, you're in a situation that you're not sure of an easy way to get out of. And it's going to be messy and it's going to be painful and you're not going to like it. Uh, and so, again, thinking through these things, sometimes one of the best ways to get out from being in over your head is to avoid getting in over your head. And Mm -hmm. so sometimes it's thinking about, is this the right fit? And by the way, I saw a lot of you are struggling uh, so far in this call with this challenge of creating clients. And so for those of you that are still early on in the training and haven't got to the spot where we talked about that in your third development call, one of the things I want to give you some encouragement on is you don't have to take on everybody. Not everyone is going to be a good fit. As we walk through that call, we'll talk about how you determine that. It's a different call, Mm -hmm. not for today's uh, time that we have together but not everyone's going to be a good fit. And so being aware of that is one of the ways you help
3: stay out of getting in over your head. Justin, you wanted to say something. Go ahead. Yeah. On on the same topic, I've heard it from all three of you talking about this. And I think it's a good thing for us to point out as kind of a side point to this conversation, but especially those of us that have coached for a while, it can be hard for us to turn coach mode off. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And like, I'll even, my wife will even talk to me about this and she'll be like, We'll we'll have a discussion and I'll start asking questions, deeper level questions, right? And I just naturally go into coach mode and she'll even point that out to me and she'll say, look, I don't want you to coach me right now, right? <laughs> and so she'll call out that behavior because she's seen that pattern in me. So maybe uh, the panel can talk a little bit about, as we're thinking about boundaries, friends, family members, or situations where this is a person that needs coaching, but we don't need to be their coach, how can we turn off coach mode?
2: Yeah, I've been sitting with friends and family where they've or mostly with friends where someone was complaining about something and and I wanted to know their mindset behind it, right? Or and it's not even about finance, it's not about your budget, it's not about how you handle your money, it's what's the mindset? What's the mindset? And my wife will go, guys, he's about to start coaching. And I was like, Okay, <laughs> do you want me to ask deeper questions and and dig at this, or do we want to just, are you just venting? And I've had a couple of people say what started out as venting, but now I'm curious. <laughs> I don't know what my mindset is, um, but my wife will constantly, she's like, oh, you're, you're starting to coach. And I don't coach her. She knows better. I know better than that.
1: <laughs> um, oh, that but, makes one of us. Yeah. <laughs> we, we met. Jesse's better than night. me. There it is. <laughs> we met her last night. I could see her uh, sticking up for herself with you.
2: <laughs> yeah. And there's been times where she's coached me or she's, she's like, well, I've heard you say this to your clients, but you're not saying it to yourself. <laughs> i
0: I actually want to challenge all of our thoughts on this for a second uh because i'm more and more these days finding myself staying in coach mode more and more often but redefining what is coach mode i think that's part of the challenge a lot of us we get into this coach mode that's hard to get out of and it's How do I solve this? How do I fix this? How do I come up with something? Because again, we don't want to feel like we're in over our heads. We don't want to feel like we're not in control. We don't want to feel like hope is gone from here. And so we're always trying to come up with what is the next thing? What is the next idea? What is the next uh, challenge? What are those things I can possibly do here? And and instead, what if we understand coach mode to be, how do I ask more questions and better questions? How do I remain more curious? How do I focus on the relationship? before I ever focus on a solution, if I ever focus on a solution. And so I do find myself more and more trying to stay in coach mode, but with a different definition of coach mode, because when I'm constantly curious, I'm less likely to get in over my head. When I'm constantly questioning, I'm less likely to get in over my head. I'm just learning more things. I'm just exploring new things with people. I'm getting into different Uh, perspectives i'm getting into different ways of understanding how people view the world and this is true whether we're talking about religious views or political views or financial views or any of these things along the way but it it actually allows me to approach all of these things that could be a very difficult situation in a much better way by staying in coach mode but redefining coach mode
3: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely a curiosity thing for me. Um, I'm with Jesse on this one, I have a hard time not being curious. And just naturally asking those questions. As yeah. soon as something gets brought up, or I see a mindset challenge or a limiting belief or, you know, anything like that. And it, it even shows up with my kids. Right? Like, my 10 year old or my 12 year old will come into me and, you know, dad, he said, and he won't, but he promised. And I'll, instead of going in and just, well, I'll sort this out as dad, I just ask this one a question or two. (laughs) And it's Rachel, just my wife will just kind of look at me and be like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But it's it's hard for me to not be curious about people these days. uh, And just the more I do it. And so, yeah, it's, I like that, Jesse, the way you asked that question of, do you want me to dig deeper now? you just want you want me to be your buddy right where yeah. you can vent to and we can blow off some steam that's a good boundary i like that
2: question i had to do it my younger brother too he's been going through some some pretty tough stuff in the last few months and he'll say well what would you do and i said do you want me to answer as a brother as a coach what how do you want me to answer this what are you what are you looking for he's like I don't kind of want to know the difference between the answers. <laughs> and so it's like, oh, let me put this hat on. Let me put this hat on. And, and because on the emotional side, I'm I'm there emotionally with him. Like I'm on the same page with you. I'm I'm feeling some of the pain of some of the things that he's going through as his brother, as a when I can be unbiased, I can also see all these other things <clears throat> and, and step in as a coach when he allows that. And so, I'm not perfect at it by any means, but I'm I'm starting to learn. Hey, some people will ask you a question because you are a coach, and they want to know the coach, even though it's we don't need to schedule a consultation for me to answer one question.
4: <laughs> yeah,
2: um, but they do want to see kind of what that expertise is, and sometimes that has led into them referring somebody else to me and they're like oh so and so told me to reach out to you and I'm like I never coached them and they're like yeah you answered this such and such a question and they said you were the person to help me and it's actually created clients by second and third degree um but it was also because it was in those some of those situations it was handled well and saying what are you what are you asking of me so that I don't I don't step into a role that you have not allowed me access to
0: mm. I love that, right? That role that you have not allowed me access to. So much of the time, we, we get in over our heads by trying to take on roles that don't belong to us. And so just asking the question, learning like, it, do I have your permission to do this? Do I have your permission to ask these questions? Do I have your permission uh, anywhere along the way there? Uh, it, it really will change so many things. So as, as we're thinking about this, let, we talked a little bit about how to avoid getting in over our head and some of these great boundaries. We talked about some of the things that can cause it. Let's talk about how to get out. Right. There are going to be times that you find yourself in over your head, whether it's the client situation, your own emotion, uh, the depths of the situation you're in, the relationship that you have with a client. Uh, and so maybe there's some things that work across any of these ways. Maybe there's some that are more specific. But I would love to ask the panel here, what do you do to get out of it when you find yourself in it? You are in over your head. You look up and you realize, I, I done messed up, Aaron uh okay we do have a couple aa runs on the call today but you you have messed up and you're trying to figure out how do i get out of this what do i do what do we do what do we do in those kind of situations
1: well i'll have to say something around boundaries and i'll get to your question um with my own parents i talked about my younger sister but when I first got started, you know, decades ago, I actually coached my parents. Now they wanted me to help them. And, and so we went through budgets and all that kind of thing and just talked through life. And, um, and I realized, you know, that they were my parents and, but it's interesting, I I thought they were on a good path. And I thought we did, you know, good work together. And and it's about six months later, they called, they were so excited, because they had bought a brand new car on payments. And my first thought was, we talked about this. What's wrong with you two, right? And I realized, wait, I'm talking to my parents, okay? So I can, I can, I can win this battle, but I can lose the war. And so I obviously just said, well, I didn't expect that, okay? So how can we? Uh, maybe uh, do you feel like you maybe could pay this off sooner than five years? Oh yeah, we think we could, you know? How how do we do that, right? But we had that conversation. But the reality is this. I realized that the drawback to coaching close family and friends, if you don't have those boundaries, is that you can be more judgmental, because you know them more intimately, you're closer to them. And you may, you you may tend to let your guard down kind of thing, right? And so that's the drawback of coaching those kinds of people. And so to answer your question, I realized I probably shouldn't be coaching them (laughs) because I was tempted to come in and go, what are you thinking? We talked about this. (laughs) And so I had to tell them, yeah, listen, um, probably not a good idea for us to continue this. Um, And they they, they handled it perfectly fine. Now I still had conversation with them about, you know, money and things like that, but I didn't sit down and do full coaching sessions any after that because I realized as their son, I know them too well, I'm too comfortable with them, and I'm not gonna actually be my normal coach with them. I'm gonna probably let my guard down more. And so I realized that's not a good situation. So I just had that conversation with them and said, I don't think this is good for us to continue doing this officially, right?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll take an aspect of this. Um, when When I find myself over my head in the weeds, in the nuance of a particular situation, what I found works well for me, because uh, people ask some really specific questions about a situation, and I'm like, oh, I got no clue. Um, one thing that I found works well is to zoom out. Zoom out from being down in the weeds, take it up a level or two in the coaching method and get back to some of the um, the more philosophical questions behind what's going on, the mindset questions, what's going on here, how how will this change, how will this different? rather than trying to focus in on getting the right, very specific nuanced answer to this financial situation. I had a coaching client um, about two months ago who was really in debt with student loans, like six figure student loans. Um, And she was asking some questions about, there was a very specific loan repayment program she was considering that was at the state level for what state she was in that is not my state right? Not Tennessee. And so she was asking some very specific questions about that. I was like, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know what the name of this program is, right? So I could have gotten trapped down there trying to figure out on the fly, how can I answer this person's question and give her what she needs? When instead um, of trying to go down that route and potentially giving her a wrong answer or an inadequate answer, I found that if I just backed up a second and said, okay, well, let's, let's take a look broadly. Let's say everything goes well with this program. How soon will you be debt-free? Okay, what happens if the program doesn't go through the way you want it to? How are you gonna handle it? And by moving up a level, and you're zooming out a bit, that caused her to say, hmm, I hadn't thought about that. And we actually went down a different trail that helped her get some direction instead of me focusing in on, well, I've got to answer this question she asked me because she asked it of me. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: And that's how I help from being overwhelmed on a nuanced specific question.
2: Yeah, I like that uh, zooming out. I uh, often refer to that as taking the 30,000 foot view. Yeah. And one of the things that I've I've started kind of experimenting with, uh, so I don't have any data to, to back this up, but I'll start asking people Hey, what's worst case scenario? Let's run absolute worst case scenario. Where's your What's the story that your mind is telling you? Let's run worst case scenario. Okay. Now By the
0: way, it's, they're never creative enough to give you the absolute worst case scenario.
2: Right. Right.
0: Worst case scenario, you die. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the chances that happening with no life pretty, pretty slim, and leave right? everybody
2: hard restricted behind. Um, <laughs> and then I say, "What's the best case scenario?" Or when they're like, "God, oh, the, that can't that can't happen," I say, "Okay, forget best case scenario. What would be awesome? Just tell me what would be awesome." And somewhere in between, there is probably reality. <laughs> but if we have a clear vision of this is the absolute worst case scenario, is it though? I mean, is that actually is all these things would have to match up for that to to play out <clears throat> my it it is funny uh, less that you bring up your parents in a car and my mom called a couple about 2 years ago their vehicle kept breaking down and she kept she would call me every time it would break down and it was in the shop and she would tell me how much the the repair was i just want to go get a car payment i'm like well this repair is one month car payment but if you go get a car payment you have it every month for 12 months <laughs> for 36 48 84 months. I don't know how many that, yeah. um, and she would, she would say, um, and I, I offended my mom on this one. I stepped into coach mode, hardcore, <laughs> uh, coach mode, logic and math. And that is not what she had called for. Um, like <laughs> she said, my dad ne- never had vehicles that broke down. I said, yeah, but he always had a car payment and he had 4,500, $45,000 in his IRA. When he retired, he was living on social security and he would only take out $4,000 a year from his IRA and his car payments on the car that they that's still sitting in my grandma's driveway was about $4,000 a year. I was like is 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 that what you're working for? Is that what you want or is the inconvenience of a car payment, maybe having to rent a car for 3 days <clears throat> to get this done? Um, so yeah, I, I really stepped in it and, and went away across the boundaries, even though my boundary was, uh, don't get into trans a transaction. Uh, <laughs> I love my grandfather, but finances were not his strong suit. Loving people was, but finances were not. And that was my mom's, my mom's biggest hero. And I, I kind of stepped in it on that one. So, <clears throat> but, but the, the zooming out in the 30,000 foot view and I'm like, this is this is one one month of a car payment to, to pay $400 for this repair, or you're going to have a $450, $500, $600 a month car payment for how many years? Plus the added insurance, plus this, plus that, plus this, you know. Um, so I, I agree with Justin on that, taking the 30,000 of a view, but just to add one other element is run the absolute worst case scenario and commiserate with them for a minute on worst case scenario. If this, then this, then this, then this, but then say, mm, but what happens if, if that doesn't happen or this piece doesn't happen? And I start pulling pieces apart. Or, so or what,
0: how realistic are each of these scenarios? Right. Like, let's put some actual ideas behind, like what's the likelihood that it's actually the worst possible scenario or second worst possible or third worst
2: possible. And, and my goal in that is to underwhelm them. Yeah. And once they're underwhelmed, then it's okay. Yeah, we can, we can move forward. But while they're overwhelmed, all, the, all, all you can see is panic.
0: So for those of you that are saying like, zoom out, take the 30,000 foot view. I love it. And I don't think we're sending them high enough yet. And, and here's why. When the God of the universe in human form reached the spot where he said, You know, I feel like I'm in over my head. Right. For those of us that have read the story, Passion Week, Jesus in the garden, the night he was betrayed, sweating and crying to the point of blood coming out as sweat. Like it it was wild. Like the, the physical toll that the stress of what he was about to go through. And through all of this, his prayer was, If this is what has to happen, not what I want, but what God wants. Mm -hmm. Earlier on in Jesus's ministry, in the same book where we see this description, Jesus shows up late for this event, right? The event being that his friend is sick. And they they send messages and say, Jesus, your friend Lazarus is sick. And he delays and he stalls and he shows up late and they show up and they say, you're too late. Your friend is dead. And his response is to weep openly about it, Mm -hmm. despite knowing what he was about to do. And so one of the things that is so important in all of this discussion is when you find yourself in over your head, when you find yourself with something too big for you to handle outside of your control, turn it over to the person who controls everything in the entire universe. Turn it over to the creator of it all, who's got a plan for it all, who has it all figured out already. Because so often we, we find ourselves saying like, oh man, I, I just wish I could get God to show up. No, God's already there waiting for us to figure out what he's doing. And so that I think one of the biggest things that I've found myself in over my head, I take a step back and I pray about it. I take a step back and ask God, what would you have me to do in this situation? Whether it's for me to do, how would you have me to coach this person? How would you have me to sit with this person? How would you have me to be who you want me to be in this moment with this person? What have you put me through in my life so far to make me the person that they need right now? What's the purpose I can find in every hardship I've been through because I know that you're creating me into who you need me to be and you're going to send me over there to do this thing. And when we start to accept that differently, it changes what we feel overwhelmed by. Because y'all, you heard from all four of us, right? There's there's a lot of coaching experience on this call. Most of it lesses, But there's a lot of coaching experience on this call. And even after all of this time, every single one of us still continues to find these moments where we feel like I'm in over my head, this is too deep, I don't know what to do. And whether we we seek out help from other coaches, whether we reach out to our network of support, whether we take a, a step back and take a breath, whether we broaden our questions with our clients, or whether we find a way to just turn this over to God. Like all of these things are useful tools in getting past this moment and keeping going because th- that's one of the most important things about this whole conversation and, and i think part of the reason that i was so excited to get to talk about this today this is one of those things that causes people to quit and so if you're here hearing this conversation i'm encourage you do not quit being in over your head is not a reason to quit because it's also not something mm-hmm. that's going to take you down unless you let it and you can let it but i hope you don't I hope this is an opportunity for you to learn and grow and to get the experience you need to stick with this because you may be in over your head on this thing now, but that doesn't mean that this kind of situation is going to take you in over your head always. And every single one of these coaches that is either in the chat box or in the Q&A or has been here for a while and has walked through these things like we've seen this, that the things that used to overwhelm us don't anymore because we've done it. We get overwhelmed by different things, but we keep going and we keep going and we keep going and that's how you learn and grow and to develop. So, panel, final thoughts, any final words of wisdom or encouragement today?
1: I have two thoughts. Uh, Number one, this is why I, with 30 years of coaching, I don't go into a coaching session thinking, oh, I've got this. Are you kidding? Right? I actually go in a little nervous. I've said that on some of my development calls and the coaches are just blown away. It's like, you would be nervous, really? It's like, "Uh uh-huh. Because first of all, I've never coached these people. So even though I've coached for 30 years, this is the first time for me, right? And I don't know if it's gonna be an overwhelming situation. I don't know what I'm coming into. I don't know about their behavior, their attitude. I don't know where they're feeling, their stress points. I I don't know all that yet because I haven't started a conversation with them. So I'm never going to go into a coaching session. I don't care how many years I coach. I'm always going to, because guess what? Pride goes before the fall, right? I don't want to be part of that. I just flat don't. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. But I have a finishing note when the two of them are done.
3: I'll throw in an idea, piggybacking on something I said earlier. Learning more Growing more, gaining more knowledge is a good thing. Not knowing something is not a good enough excuse not to do it anyway. You're never going to know enough. There's always going to be areas of coaching that you're not going to have the knowledge in. Your value is not in having the right answer for the client that you have in front of you. Okay, so don't put your hope in that because that's going be <laughs> to be a hard crash when you get that question that you don't know the answer to and then you feel over your head, like we've been talking about today. So I love learning. I want to encourage you guys all to continue learning as well. Uh, but if that causes you to hold back from coaching someone, I don't know enough about this situation. I don't think I can coach. I don't think I can help them. Lean into that anyway. It's okay. You can figure it out as you go. Yeah, with coaching there's a lot of ojt on the job training
2: <laughs> i don't know that until i don't i don't know that i don't know that until i know that i don't know that
3: mm-hmm.
2: until somebody brings it up i don't know what i don't know
3: <clears throat>
2: but then it allows me i can get overwhelmed and stressed out by and, and feel like i'm over my head or i can view it as an opportunity of, oh i get to learn something new that i didn't know i needed to know and so just reshaping and reframing that and saying this is an opportunity not only for me to help, but for me to grow, to help them grow out of what's overwhelming them. Um, And so, yeah, I I love, I love all of that. And I I couldn't say it better myself, but that's just the, the nugget I would add.
1: I just have one more thing I want to share. I shouldn't say one more thing. Okay, where are they? There she is. Okay, we have a cameo by Miss Lisa Barber.
4: Well, my my uh, video is still disabled, but oh, I don't no. know if you can hear me.
1: Yes, we can. <laughs>
4: and that's and that's the part you wanted was the video.
1: The video because she's in Alaska. <laughs> She's sitting there on some gorgeous
4: rock and lake and
1: whatever she well, Lisa, doing. you should
4: have video access now. <laughs> okay, let's see if we can get it. Okay, well, there I am. That Yay. Was, <laughs> th- that's not what you want to see, though. So, hold on. This is, I'm at a friend's house, and this is uh, a lake at the back of their house. Now, it's a little bit cloud cover, but I think you all might be able to see the mountains in the distance. Do y'all see those?
0: A little bit, you got your He's, background on blurry.
4: Oh no, we don't want to do that. All right, hold on. Let's see what we can do here. I'm on my phone y'all, so. Um, Dag on it, how do it's I do that on my beast. phone? It's a different beast. It is background and effects, none. All right, now let's, now let's there see There we go. Goes. So
0: much better. There we go. All right.
4: There we go. I don't know if you, it's a little bit cloud covered today. It's about 55 yeah. here and, um, overcast, but I mean, still beautiful. I've just been sitting on this back porch watching and uh hearing the birds there's the the no kidding as soon as I got on tonight or this afternoon or this morning I don't know what time it is there um (laughs) this morning (laughs) I have no idea there the daylight 23 hours of the day here it's called land of the midnight sun right so I don't know I don't know if I've slept in a week but um (laughs) Right across the lake over there, there are swans nesting, and they flew off just as soon as I got on to here. But wow, look at this, y'all. It's so quiet here, and the, the healing that comes, um, incredible. Uh, so anyway, it, that that's what I'm doing today, is we're about to head out to a place called Mirror Lake, um, and uh, which is intriguing to me. We all need a mirror held up in front of our faces from time to time. Right. And, uh, not to just see the blemishes, but to, um, to, to look for the reflection of Christ. And wow. I've heard, I've heard a lot of that with what I he- heard today, Jesse, what a pleasure to hear you on today's call. Um, it just fantastic and uh, great information that I was watching the chat box. The coaches are just uh, soaking it all up. You guys are amazing. Thank you all. Tim, Les, Justin.
1: Hey, our question to you, Lisa is are you coming back?
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, we'll 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 see you Monday.
2: sounds very non-committal. We'll
1: see. We'll <laughs> see. And then she said on Monday. <laughs> I don't
2: think the coaches want me, me to sit here all the time in, in your spot. <laughs> no,
4: that's right. Hey, you know what? Yeah, yeah I, um, I'm good to give it up. But uh, because especially Jesse, when people like you come in, that's no kidding. That's no joke. When, uh, when you can pour in coaches this way, it's just I'm grateful for that. So it means it means that um, financial coach master training and RPC are working. Because you are growing and developing and pouring back into your your fellow coaches, your peers. And so that that makes my heart smile, y'all. So um anyway, I'm getting on to the day. We're going to have some breakfast and head out to Mirror Lake and appreciate y'all letting me come on for a minute. Excellent. Y'all have a great day. Awesome. Tim, Dustin, Les, I'll see I'll I will see y'all Monday. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for everything, y'all. Bye.
0: Awesome. Thanks. So y'all, final word today as we wrap up on today's real talk, Second Corinthians chapter one. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, Mm -hmm. who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comforts abound through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. Have a great rest of your week, everyone. We'll see you in two weeks for the next one. God bless y'all.